0: Good morning, film fans. I'm Gene Shalit, and this is the Critics' Corner for Friday, December 10th, 1982. Boy, oh boy, what a joy for girl or boy, Jew or goy, you won't scream oi after you see the toy. Don't play coy or eat beans of soy. If your name is Troy or you dance at the Savoy, drop the ploy and see the toy. Wow, that's pretty lazy even for you, Gene. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. Whose side are you on, Gumble? It's not about sides. Oh, fine, the honeymoon is just starting for Jackie Gleason. You're stir-crazy if you don't make a prior commitment to see the toy, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's, that's a little better. Oh, really? Thank you so much for the seal of approval. Now, Gene, let me do my work, sir. Nobody's stopping. My work? 48 hours? More like four or eight showers, which is what you'll need to take after watching 48 Hours. Okay, why? I, uh, tell me, uh, 48 hours, more like shorty eight flowers, which is what I said after Hervé Villiches passed out drunk face down in my garden. First, did that happen? Second, what does that have to do with 48 hours more like 48 hours oh shit wait all right try again day after tomorrow day after tomorrow i love you day after tomorrow you're only 48 hours away no uh nick nolte more like dick nolte i mean that's fine great last one Airplane to Thesiquil is a strange beast of a movie. The airplane seems more like a spacecraft, and even after 90 minutes, our intrepid cast of characters never seems to make it to the magical land of Thessaquil, where the film is supposedly set. Oh, Gene, is Thessaquil more a state of mind than an actual location on a map? Gene, film historians will no doubt puzzle over this question for years, as Airplane to Thesicle, despite making no logical sense, is destined to be a classic. Fly, don't walk, to this mysterious tale of the wonders of aviation. Gene, what? what? I'm trying to give an actual goddamn review here for once in my goddamn life. I know, I know, Gene, and we all appreciate it, but the movie is actually called Airplane 2, the sequel. How can you take an airplane to a sequel? No, that's that's my point, Gene. Oh. 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 Oh, wait. Is this the sequel to airplane? Yes. Oh well in that case, let me just tweak this, carry the one, and got it. Airplane 2, the sequel, more like this harebrained poops not equal to the original, uh, what was it? Airplane. Oh, right, airplane. Next.
1: I think that's it.
0: Next, I says.
1: Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend read it or
0: Welcome to episode 28 of Opening Weekend, the podcast that travels back in time to revisit opening weekends of the past and revel in that other great American pastime, going to the movies with our friends. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matissa. And this week, we're traveling back in time to December of 1982. E.T. was still phoning home, Pac-Man fever was still sweeping the nation, and everybody wanted their MTV. On December 10th, though, a new movie star was born. Sonny Bono. No, wait. (laughs) Eddie Murphy. Whose screen debut, 48 Hours, directed by Walter Hill and co starring Nick Nolte, was released in theaters nationwide. It was joined at the multiplex by the Richard Pryor Jackie Gleason comedy The Toy and Airplane to Thesaquil, as Gene might say. <laughs> uh, before we dig into the week's releases, though, Fred and Dan, where were you, Lil Whippersnappers, in December of 1982?
2: Oh, God, I was in fifth grade. I was 10 years old and I'm so, and I totally had Pac-Man fever. Oh god. It was driving me crazy, mm-hmm. driving me did you have crazy. The album? Buckner and Garcia? Hell fuck yeah. yeah, I did. <laughs> me uh, too. Frog go. You got to keep on hoping you get to, to the, the top. top. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the defender. Oh god, I love that album. Yeah, I had total Pac-Man fever. Dude, the Donkey Kong was Dude, on there. The Donkey there. Kong, that's right. Oh, that was good shit. I was <laughs> thinking. I was trying to remember like what I'd be doing right now, and, I, and it dawned to me that, you know, we're getting close to the holidays, and we may, have, yeah. we may have spoken about this on past episodes, but this was around the time when I would be just deep into the Sears catalog. Did you nah. guys get that? Yes. Oh
1: my god, the nah. Sears
2: catalog, and that what we would get that, and my mom would just drop it on the dining room table and be like, "What do you want?" Because we had, you know, there was no, there was none of this, you know, oh, Santa Claus is going to bring you stuff. Because it was just Hanukkah. So, I knew, (laughs) I knew the presents were coming from my parents. So, my mom would be like, what do you want? And I would go through and I would just circle. It was, you know, nine times out of ten, it was Star Wars stuff. And, like, this year, I think I got a lot of, Empire came out two years earlier, but they were still coming out Mm. with new Empire toys. Mm. So, I remember getting, like, the Hoth set, the play set at this time. Yes. And I actually... Oh, this was wild! I went. I googled the Sears. I, I literally googled Sears catalog 1982. Ooh! Because I was just curious. Oh, that's cool! And I saw this picture, and I fell into a this glorious time warp because there was this. <laughs> it was a glow in the dark haunted house playset that I remember, and I. Would never in a million years would have remembered it had I not looked at this picture online. It came with it was a it was a haunted house playset. It came with figures of the mummy, Phantom of the Opera, Creature oh, wow. from the Black Lagoon, Dracula, yes. and Frankenstein, like the old Universal monsters. That's and a cool alley, Dan. You love it. the Universal monsters. Oh my! This was I, I completely forgot. It. This is one of my favorite toys and one of my favorite Hanukkah presents. I completely forgot about it, and then I saw this picture in That's this cool. like PDF of the Sears catalog online and. I was, I was, oh my God, just the rush of emotion, but. I, I, that haunted house does ring a
1: bell. Like, and it had Phantom of the Opera in it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. that does ring a bell. And, and there was also a haunted house of Weebles. I feel <laughs> oh my like God, I
2: Weebles, yeah. Weeble wobbles, but they don't fall down. They
1: don't fall down and they really don't. That's <laughs> no, they the not thing about Weebles.
0: They're weighted perfectly.
1: They're, They're just... perfectly, like how did they do that?
2: I had a Weeble farm set.
1: Did you? Yeah. <gasps> I think yeah, I had wow. the Weeble haunted house. I feel like I remember that because there was like a chute or something and someone would go down a chute <gasps> into a something. Yes! You know what I'm yeah. saying?
2: And it, I feel like it glowed, glowed in the dark too. But the big thing, going back, back uh, to Pac-Man fever, was Atari. Yeah. Oh, God, oh, yeah. I think, I, got, I think this was the holiday season that I got Atari and I was... Holy shit! It was all Atari all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know too. just oh, yeah. the ET yes. game. I remember the playing. the ET
0: game. I got the that. infamous ET game. Yeah, the one that there was like a landfill full of it.
2: Yeah, that's
1: right. They filled a the landfill with the, all the yeah. ones in New, New Mexico. Just Sell.
0: In New Mexico,
1: would that have been this Christmas?
0: It was this Christmas.
1: Yeah. Oh wow! I remember, like
0: in my sixth grade class, we did kind of like mock like stock market. Like we, you know, we would follow. <laughs> we would get the uh, we get the New York Times every day. And we, oh, when we, yeah. we had stocks, we bought, st- you know, like quote, unquote, bought stuff, you know, wow. like we picked, it was like fantasy football. It was, it was like, we had our stocks <laughs> and then we had to track our stocks. And I had, and Atari was one of the ones that I, and so I was constantly, you know, keeping track of Atari. And, uh, and I remember That's like awesome. almost every day at this time of year too, like from Thanksgiving on, he, you know, you know how expensive a fucking full page ad in the New York Times every oh, yeah. day there was like a a huge full page atari ad with like the et's hand with the the glowing <laughs> finger pointing yeah, to totally the the atari cassette oh, and uh, no i got that this i got i got atari this christmas and i got the et game and asteroids and there was a superman game too it wasn't superman the movie you based but it was you know it was like just a super absolutely jason that.
1: i remember it well i remember yeah. well you had to go into the phone booth yeah I yeah, that. yeah yeah
0: you had to you had a there was a there was a crook or a robber or something and there was lois lane and you would save her and fly her yeah. around but yeah you had to go into the phone
1: booth to change and most of the game was this sound because <laughs> as he was flying that's all you would hear you'd have to turn down the volume because yeah. as soon as he flied it would go and you go jesus christ yeah 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 there was a Journey game. Journey Escape. Journey Escape. Yep. Yes. And it would go, bow, 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 <laughs> bow. That was it. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Yeah. I didn't know that. It was an
2: actual, I mean, it was an arcade game that they made in the arcade right. room, and then they did an Atari I... version for it as well. But it had all their little faces. It had all their faces. I had and no idea. Their manager, wow. Herbie Herbert, <laughs> was there. Because they oh were all, God. I mean, uh, this, is, look, this is coming from an avowed Journey fan. I love all things Journey. I love all things <laughs> <laughs> Steve Perry. But, like, it was a, you know, I never understood the whole corporate rock thing. But that really was – it was there's manager Herbie Herbert was just like – he sort of formed the band. Did so, he go bananas
1: and- at some point? I seem to remember that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he did, and he created a journey video game. Nice. That's when he
1: went bananas. I loved um, – well, they all came with Combat, which was the most yes. fucking – Oh,
0: yeah. I was trying to remember game, the right? name, that what it came with, the cartridge it came with, yeah. Yep,
1: and then uh, – uh, did you know anybody who had Intellivision or ColecoVision or any of those?
2: That was, I'm glad you brought those up because yeah. I was that, it was like a dividing line. My friend Tom Toomey had Intelliv-, <laughs> Intelliv, wait, I think it was, someone had Intellivision and I remember that had, I think there was a hockey game. That was the big thing for Intelli- Intellivision oh, yeah. and then ColecoVision. Oh yeah. That Maybe that was what Tom Toomey had and it, had, it came with Donkey Kong. And that and was it looked like,
1: like the show. It looked like it, the it actual It looks exactly like
2: the arcade game. Yeah. So, and you went, Holy uh, fuck. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because the, the whole conversation was, what has the best graphics? Remember when you yeah. would say that it would be oh, like, yeah. Oh, it has better graphics. And your parents would be like, What the fuck are graphics?
0: <laughs> it's like, You want to play a game? You don't want to play a game. <laughs> graphics. Uh, what are you talking about? They're outside of the box? I don't know sure would, what you're talking about.
1: We would play the Coleco um, Smurfs game for. Ever at my friend Al's house, we would just play it and play it and play it. I remember
2: that game. Yeah, I was huge into Smurfs at this time. This is before the TV oh, right. show. This is just when it was the figures. I think really the,
0: the cartoon. No, the, cartoon, the cartoon, was, cartoon was. Yeah, it was. It was, oh, was on, but it was. But those little figures were like, yeah. yeah, they were the thing that had spawned it. And I think this might have been the first year of oh, the Smurfs cartoon, or, or maybe like eighty one was the first year or something. Hmm. But. But those figures were big. Like any time you huge. went into a stationary store or anything, like yeah. it was like it was they like they were everywhere. They were right? everywhere, and my sister got a million of them. Like she was obsessed with the Smurfs.
2: I had one that, and maybe because I, I had such a, an affinity for Condor Man, but there was one that had like these big <laughs> wings on the back. Yes.
0: We that was my that? favorite
2: one. Get out of here. Yeah.
0: I wonder what the point of that one was. That was like the flying machine. Was it like yeah, a, it was a, so it was a little machine. Leonardo da Vinci? Exactly. Uh... Yeah.
2: Oh, that was my favorite. I loved
0: it. <laughs> my sister <laughs> had that, I think. Oh, I love that.
2: I started playing D&D around this time. Oh, my I God. So we, we I didn't were, know you were a we D&D kid. For a little bit. For oh. a little bit. But we would make up our... we. I, I remember... It was like me and my friend Josh and like the usual, you know, the, the gang that I've normally spoken about on here. But we, we didn't have any time or patience to learn how to use all like the twenty sided die. <laughs> no fuck all that. So we we're like, all right, we'll use the one die. One to three, you live. Four to six, you die. And but I do remember <laughs> the the, the, the one. Yeah, exactly. Let's play
1: uh, now. Let's play right now. You're the dungeon master, and Jason and I, I'm I've the uh, I'm some sort of some sort of sexy a paladin. Uh, yeah, you're some, sexy, some paladin. Sort of sexy paladin, and you're I'm my health companion.
2: All right. Okay. And you're the dungeon master. Um, We're the, in the
1: dungeon. Go ahead. Right.
2: Okay. There uh you come upon a giant
1: orc. <sighs> okay, I roll the dice. I'm gonna kill the orc.
2: And what's your number? Five. You're
1: dead. Damn it. All right, my elf companion has to revive me somehow, or kill the orc, or be killed.
0: Is that supposed to be me? Yeah.
1: <laughs> roll the die. <laughs> I well how come I you're don't. not into this? Roll the die if you dare.
0: All right. Here we go. <laughs> Um you can see, if you could see this, I'm rolling my imaginary die. And I got a two.
2: You live. And you've also you've also found a bag of holding.
0: (laughs) Terrific. What Plus Jeffrey Holding? What am I, What do they find? A bag of
2: what? Now? Jeff Goldblum, yes, a bag of holding. You can put anything in there.
0: Garfield um, was very big at this time.
1: I had a Garfield lunchbox. Why? 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 When everyone else had Spider Man and everything else, you loved lasagna. It was, I guess, and I hated Mondays. Always. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, there was a girl in my class. I was in sixth grade at this time and my first real crush of my life was this this little girl, her name is Rosalba Mattia. She loved Garfield. She loved Garfield every night. would Garfield something. No, I would draw her pictures of Garfield every night. And in order to like mask Smooth. that I was doing it to like curry favor with her, I basically took requests from the class and I would draw like, it'd be like, oh, you know, all the girls in the class, I'd draw a little something. I'd be like, what, uh, what do you like? Beetle Bailey? Okay, shithead. I'll draw you Beetle Bailey. Nobody <laughs> likes Beetle Bailey. He was very but... big
1: with the
2: girls, Beetle
1: Bailey. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: But I Beetle mean,
2: Bailey and Hagar. But yeah. she
0: Huge. always got the fi- the finest Garfield I saved for her. Everybody. Wow. But, uh, so yeah. after
1: your homework was done, you had a whole slate of like drawings oh, yeah. that you had to do. I really did. I really
0: wow. did. I would draw pictures for people. I was so, I was pathetic um but yeah garfield is big i was gonna say I, I did get atari this christmas the other thing i got that people were always like did that exist i don't know if i've talked to you guys about it before there was something called rca made a machine called selectivision video discs and everybody says oh you mean laser discs and it was like no 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 there was something called ced capacitance electronic discs they were called and it was they were heavy and they were like it looked like a, a vinyl album size, a little bigger than that. And it, you had a machine that would play. They were movies, and they were on a disc that was inside a case. And you had to like put the case, like the whole cartridge, like a, like you were sticking an eight track tape or something, into this machine. And you'd pull this lever, and then you would pull the di- you'd pull the case back out, and the disc would stay inside. So you never touched the disc with your hands, it was too delicate to be touched oh, with your but, fingers. It would be No, as it was, the things would get scratches and they would skip like oh, like wow. actual vinyl records. I
2: think I had a friend who had this. This sounds you, so familiar. Yeah,
0: no, because kids had people had it, but it never took off it was like the Betamax of you know what I mean? It was like a <laughs> it was just another video you know, it was before V it was before VHS people had vhs recorders in the house those were wow. still a little too expensive yet so it was like a big deal to have a thing that would play movies on your tv at this yeah. point what so my mom got us that i had a million but the first one i remember wow. she gave we got it for christmas eve and uh, the first one was the muppet movie she got us the muppet oh, movie nice. of course she said she had tried to get me superman but she couldn't get it she couldn't find it. it was they had made it you know but it wasn't in stock whenever she was looking for it but, uh, so Damn we got Muppet it. movie and like Herbie rides again or something, you know, like a bunch of kids movies. And then a couple <laughs> months later I got Superman and that was uh, a two disc set. Cause that was Ooh, like so long. That movie was so, so it was like, it could only, and you would have to, you know, it's so funny. It was like a record you'd get to like after 45 minutes or an hour, you'd have to flip the disc over. You'd have to take it out, oh. flip it over, put in the second side. And if the movie was really long if it was over two hours or whatever, then you'd have a an extra disc. So you'd have three sides that you'd have to play. Wow. Whatever. Jesus. I had all the Mel movies. Did you Brooks play it backwards movies. and had, <laughs>
2: hear satanic messages? No, I, well. Huh? Ned Beatty saying something. It felt something. like you
0: were hearing satanic messages <laughs> when you would, there's nothing more surreal. And I watch these movies so often. There were, sk- like if you got one that had a little scratch on it, that yeah. you couldn't do anything about it because you could you never touch, touch the disc. But if the scratch was there, it would skip, and sometimes there'd be a section of a movie. I always remember there's the first scene in the Daily Planet in Superman, and all of a sudden it gets to a point where it's like, Lois Lane, this is Clark Kent. And then it's like, oh, well, Clark, I get with And then it, and it straightens itself out at some point. But I kind of remember, the rhythm of it is still in my body and my brain.
2: That was actually how Margot Kidder spoke back then, though, because of all the yes. cocaine. So... <laughs>
0: It seemed about right. I was like, I think this is what I remember from the theaters. But yeah, so I had I had the Superman movies, the Rocky movies, the Muppet movies, a bunch of stuff. But we must have had, over the course of like the four or five years that this was a thing, actually it might have been like three or four years, because I remember we got a VHS, uh, a VCR in like 85.
1: Yeah, that sounds and, about right, yeah.
0: And between 82 and 85, what we had was this video disc thing, and we bought, you know, amazing. I had- amazing i just bought so many i had all the star trek movies i had everything up to that were
1: they expensive i mean was it like they were probably like they were like 20 or 30 dollars they were
0: priced to buy it wasn't like at that time if you wanted to buy a vhs tape they were it was very rare that you could buy a a movie on vhs for less than a hundred dollars that's how they used to be priced they were a hundred dollars because they were mostly straight Whoa. to the video market. So it was they were pricing them for video stores to buy and rent.
1: <gasps> okay. So very okay.
0: rarely would there be what they call a sell-through title. In fact, I think the the first Batman was one of the first sell-through titles where they priced it
2: oh, at like 20 wow.
0: something dollars so that wow. you could buy. It. E.T. was also like that. That it now, took 5 years for E.T. to come out or 6 years, and when it came out it was like it's $20. Everybody can buy E.T.
2: Amazing. Now let me ask you something. Was that back in in I mean, you know, talking about like inflation and everything. But back then, was that more or less than buying a black comedian um, for as a holiday present?
0: <laughs> the toy. <laughs> What do you give the kid who has
1: everything?
2: Daddy said anything I wanted, anything in the store.
1: For Eric Bates, it was the only toy in his father's store. You
2: know what I want?
1: That wasn't for sale. What you're offering me is not a job, sir. It's an insult, and I'm insulted. I'm splitting. Now, Jack Brown has been made an offer he can't refuse.
2: $10,000? That kind of money, if Eric blows his nose, you wipe it.
1: And if he can survive one week with Eric...
2: was I bad? What you were gave a new meaning to the word bad.
1: He may even find himself a friend.
2: If you want a friend, you don't buy a friend. You earn a friend.
1: Richard Pryor, Jackie Gleason... Ned Beatty and Scott Schwartz in a Richard Donner film, The Toy. Unemployed
0: journalist Jack Brown, played by Richard Pryor, is attempting to make ends meet as the night janitor in a ritzy department store owned by Louisiana millionaire U.S. Bates, played by Jackie Gleason. On his annual visit to his father's store, Bates's pampered son Eric, played by Scott Schwartz, is told he can choose any single item in the toy department. As if seeming to understand in the very strands of his privileged white DNA that this is a thing people once did on the regs, the child chooses Jack. To be clear, the plot of Columbia Pictures' big Christmas movie for 1982 revolves around a rich white family purchasing a black man. Paid handsomely to spend (laughs) one week with the troublesome Eric, Jack soon discovers the roots of the boy's bad behavior. Hint, It has something to do with his incredible wealth and his fucked up father. In the end, and in spite of all odds, Jack and Eric become friends and Pryor and Schwartz develop an affecting on-screen relationship. The Toy was the weekend's number one film, earning $6.3 million in its first three days, en route to a domestic total of $47.1 million. Fred and Dan, what did you
1: guys think of The Toy? I don't know how to talk about this movie. You go, Fred.
2: I saw this when it came out. I saw it opening weekend. I saw it with me and me and Josh Clamberg went. I think, I uh, feel like his parents dropped us off, and we went, probably because maybe they knew what it was going to be, so they're like, we're not going in the theater. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and, at, and at the time, I thought it was the funniest movie I'd ever seen in my entire life. I thought it was absolutely hysterical. Uh, now, I was the exact age as... Eric is in the movie. Yeah, why you weren't know. you
1: in it? Like, why didn't you audition for this and get in there? This should have been you. Sh- it should have been? They held a national casting call. My friend Nick went in for they it.
2: They did? Yeah, because oh, he yeah. looks like Jackie Gleason. Yes. Oh, my God. I had no idea. How That's did you amazing. miss this? You could have been Scotty Schwartz. I could have been a burgeoning porn star like Scotty Schwartz is now oh or was. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, it it was, you know, it's like you said last week on the, uh, at the end of the podcast, when you were talking about this, Jason, you know, as a kid, you watch this and you're like, oh my God, Richard Pryor's in a Spider-Man suit and look Mm -hmm. at all these toys. I mean, it was, it was a fantasy world that this kid lived in. And as a kid that age, just, uh, holy shit. I mean, all of the racial stuff just went way over my head as a sure. kid. Yeah. Uh, I had no clue, no clue until I just rewatched it a couple hours ago that Richard Donner directed it. I No know. clue. No clue. That blew you away. I remember
0: yeah. that from when I was a kid because I, I I got, I'll just say on that video disc machine I described, yeah. we had the toy. That was oh, one of the wow. movies we, we owned. And the reason we had it is because I became, once Richard Pryor was in a Superman movie, once oh, he was sure, in Superman yeah. 3, right. all of a sudden, as a kid, I was, like, into Richard Pryor in a yeah. way that most kids weren't. And I, so I I was, I wanted to see Stir Crazy. I wanted to see the toy. I wanted to see everything he did. And I would, and I got several of his movies on these discs because yeah. I was like, well, he's in the Superman universe. And, uh, yeah, I watched this and never really thought about, you know, they have their cake and eat it, too. They, like, make a couple jokes about, like, yeah, this is, you know, since the prior says something, make some civil war joke or something. They make a couple jokes about it. Yeah. And there's a moment where Ned Beatty and the other, you know, those guys, all those vice presidents or whatever, who were around Schwartz when he goes into the store, they're like, oh no, that's a, that's not a good idea. We can't be doing that. We can't be doing that. You know, they say it's kind of coded. And that, you just think, well, you can't buy a person. It's silly to right. buy a person, but there's subtext in all these like middle-aged white guys being like, oh, that's a little touchy. We can't uh, get you That'll the black whole Back, scene,
2: I mean, I don't know if That's you noticed crazy. in that whole scene where they're doing that, there's a, there's Confederate, a blow up Confederate flag, Confederate flag yes. yeah. right above his head. Yeah. But, I mean, all that being said, like I said, as, as a kid, I thought it was hysterical. Watching it a couple of hours ago, it, 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 this movie's awful. It's, it's. I mean, <laughs> uh, Richard Pryor. It's funny because when I first started to watch it, I thought... Oh wow, Richard Pryor—he's got such a nice vulnerability in the beginning. There's something so open about him, and then it's just—he's terrible in it. He's really bad, and and Uh, and I wonder too, like what was he thinking when he did this? And were they because there there could have been such—they could have made a real statement with this movie. It's like you said, I feel like at times they were trying to, but he just keeps going back his character. Yeah. You know, and to me, I'm like Richard Pryor. What were you thinking? I I just, I, I I was baffled by it. Watching it again as an adult, it was really baffling to me.
1: Go oh, Mr.
0: Please help It's not my Go help, It's baffling how... It's exactly what you say, Fred. It's baffling how they did this and didn't lean into... It's like, if you're going to do it, like, lean into the... Like take a Mel Brooks stand on, it. like Mel Brooks would have done a movie like this. Well,
2: it's Blazing Saddles,
0: uh, yeah. right? But I mean, you know, I mean, and 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 the, and you would have had that uncomfortable edge and that kind of that that hard that harder edge of of parody and and social satire, and yeah. it wasn't here at all. I mean, there's literally they bring him in in a crate with like those those um, those um, Styrofoam, styrofoam peanuts, peanuts and shit, and like. I'm like they put the man in. A, they literally put him in a box and shipped yeah. him there. I mean, and it's just played for like, oh, isn't it cute? It's like a big teddy bear that you'd get. Yeah. The, like you know what I mean. It doesn't have that the awareness. There's no even self awareness yes. about.
2: And the word that you said before, there's no satire to it. There's yeah. no. It should have been a social satire, and there's but they not. Think and think they're making a satire.
1: I don't know. Do they? They do. They absolutely do because stylistically there are things that lean in, lean toward that. Like them all sitting around the big boardroom table and having the dinner. That's a satirical scene. You know what I mean? Um, there, are, there are scenes that, that that lean, lean toward the, the way that the, um, uh, the butler and the uh, the the governess are played. You know there, there are there are other scenes that and the wife. There are scenes that lean into sort of um, parodying the the society. Right? What are the what are the what are the best? When you think of film, movie satires, I'll tell you I what mean, the two what two of them are there, for me. Being there me. is up there. Network. I love. Oh Network, yeah. And Doctor Strange. Love. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Those are satires. Why do they work as satires? Because they are doing exactly what you guys are talking about. They're saying, we're going to push this right to the edge of your discomfort with whatever it is war, the military industrial complex, the media, you know, whatever the social thing is. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take a quarter turn from reality. Right. But you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like you guys said, you can't, you can't do, you can't say this is a realistic situation. We're going to have realistic scenes and have a realistic relationship, but we're going to sprinkle in satire because what this movie, I feel like should have done. And what I thought for a hot second until they start a printing, press until they start a, a newspaper, a newspaper yeah. Yeah. then it just becomes this mawkish, you know, this, this just like sentimental thing. But, um, what I th- what what I thought what would have been brilliant is even in '82 if Donner had gone, you know, oh, whenever we go, wh- whenever Pryor does a slow burn or whenever we speed up the tape and he moves really fast a la Charlie Chaplin or Oof. whenever he gets a thing dumped on him and it, and he and he makes a face you know and mugs 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 mm-hmm. it's like a step and fetch it type what, thing it felt like step exactly. and fetch exactly yeah. exactly so what Don, what I thought Donner might have been doing is oh you're laughing at this you're the problem mm-hmm. you think this is funny you're part of the problem and we're going to and that's going to meet itself out as we go sure that's what it should have been you're exactly right right. it should have been and that's what for a hot second i was like okay if he brings this to its logical conclusion which is that you know then this movie will turn towards something really innovative unique and brilliant and it it never does that stuff is just played for the haha and there's never any upshot to you know what we're supposed to do with that information being the information that we found that funny you
0: know we're also looking at it with a a, a, a certain perspective and a
1: oh, and a sensitivity that uh yeah. that
0: i think these kinds of jokes and the things that we're like well this is incredibly uncomfortable or like in poor taste or it was to some degree kind of like well I mean, we see a lot of it in forty-eight hours too. We see a lot of that. Yes. We'll get to that. Like a lot of these racial jokes, and they and it's like water off a duck's back. It seems, you know what I mean? Where the, yeah. the pain of it is not explored. It's like, sure. it's like yeah. this is the time we're in, and this is the joke, and like it's edgy because we're even doing it, even having Pryor make a comment like, uh, "I thought this kind of thing stopped back during the Civil War." Whatever he yeah. says, like, right. is supposed to be their kind of um, that's their acknowledgement that this is a right. This is a little fucked up. And ha, yeah. ha, whoa, well, the white guy edgy. gets covered
1: in mud and he goes, Oh, I know who you are, Al Jolston, You know, he makes a blackface comment. That stuff is in there, but it's very sort of skirted over. Like it's barely yeah. there.
0: I, I'm just going to say enough that this is not a defense of anything, but I thought he had a nice vulnerability all the way through at times. There was not a consistency to it, but I thought the relationship with the kid, his actual affection, for the kid and yes. wanting him to grow up better than he was on a path to was, yeah. um, I liked that part of it. I actually thought he and Scott Schwartz had it, nice chemistry yeah. and I I, w- I wouldn't say I was moved by it or anything like that. But I did think he was very nice, very, na- like Richard Pryor is actually a very nice, natural Screen presence when he's When he's allowed to just behave on screen And not kind of like be You know really muscling a joke You know what
2: took me out of it but now I'm starting to rethink it now it was was all the mugging And that was really Which as a kid I loved But Watching it now I was like oh god it just ruined it for me But it makes sense. I wonder if they if they really were trying to go for like a minstrel show type thing. If they were pushing, I don't think they were. That's the thing. I really don't think they were smart enough. I mm-hmm. don't think it's not. No, it, it, it's it's not smart enough. Writing the way it's directed isn't there. I I, I feel like maybe no because it was based. Is it? It's based on a French film, right?
0: Yeah. Is it?
2: Yeah. I believe so.
0: Oh, wow. Uh,
2: and I mean, maybe at some point, maybe wow. someone thought ooh, maybe we can do something really interesting here, but I feel like that went out the window very, very quickly, and then it was just yeah. trying to cover up their tracks. But
1: I'm telling you, those early scenes play like social satire, and then they just, they, they. it's not even like they abandon that thread. It's like they just never, it's almost like the movie doesn't realize that that's what it had the potential to be. Right. I know what I want. He likes the wonder. Woman. Let's oh. get, let's, let's blow let's it, let's it up part 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 away, part right away. The part part black part part man. Here, 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 here. He wants one in black, all right, let's oh, get it. The black man. He wants the black man. Uh, uh, no. No, Eric, no, not today, not now, Not never. Yes. But he's not a toy. He's trouble. You see the mustache? I asked him to shave that. That's
2: right. Mr. Morehouse, I really don't care. But he is one of
1: our cleaning people, Eric. I want him. He's not for sale. Why not? Because he's a person.
2: Daddy said anything I wanted, anything in the store.
0: You can't buy a human being, Eric.
2: Well, why not?
0: Because
1: it's against law, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, Mr. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: exactly. Morehouse, doesn't my daddy make the laws?
0: Sometimes it feels like it wants to acknowledge the discomfort of the situation, but that's but it's rare. And so when it doesn't acknowledge it, it just seems. You just cringe. You're like, do you not know how this is playing? Do you not know what this looks like? But they make enough jokes about it to suggest that they do. Right? They do. Right? Know. That's they, what I'm is, saying. They
1: dip a toe. They, they dip, dip
0: the, the toe, toe
2: in. And they say like, yeah. It's like,
1: well, put the whole foot in. Put the, dive in. <laughs> it's
2: like, it, but uh, it, it's like they're know? covering their asses. But there's never a moment yeah. where like where where Richard Pryor talks to Scotty Schwartz about race. You know, or a long moment long of like, this is a little weird. Correct. And again, I mean, we're look. yes, you're exactly right, Jason. We're looking at it from, you know, a uh, more quote unquote woke lens right now. But that
0: you're right. That would have been huge if, they, if if there was something that acknowledged that. Yeah. As opposed to I'm the nanny you confide in. But I
2: don't know what they were doing. And also just as a, I just I didn't find it funny. I didn't No. That's no, the it wasn't law. it just it just wasn't a well made movie. You know who was great? Ned Beatty. Yeah, Ned, Ned Beatty, Beatty was, was great. great. He was, he was really wonderful. good. That, his first scene, I was right off the bat, I'm like, oh, he's good. He's, he's good.
0: He's very good. And his rapport with Pryor was really strong. But I mean, I guess that's just like happenstance. That's like a great yeah. actor. It was a and movie and a great of great missed comedian. opportunities. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. How yeah. many
2: Scotty Schwartzes would you give him? Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, wait. How, before we uh, get we to we didn't how talk about and Jackie when? Gleason at all? Yeah, we got to well, talk about let's, Jackie. Let's, let's show him a little respect. By, <laughs> by not, not talking, talking about, about him? it yeah.
1: uh,
0: <laughs> remember him fondly everyone <laughs>
2: i'm
1: sorry what were you gonna say dan no no i was gonna i was gonna ask when did when and why and how and what and under what circumstances scotty schwartz go into porn oh i don't so know the
2: story is from what i recall <laughs> oh, course, I Fred knows so, the entire story very well no because i remember seeing I don't know what it was. Maybe like a Hollywood Babylon. Remember that show with oh, Tony Curtis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was something about him. <laughs> as he got older, he started to become friendly with people in the porn industry. And he would start to show up in movies, not in sex scenes, but just like as <laughs> just a weird character. delivering no, pizzas. He, yeah, he would play mm-hmm. like a character. Like I think there was one, I, I don't know, it was like a Frankenstein theme. Mm-hmm. And he played like the Igor character because he was just friends with the directors or he knew mm-hmm. people on the set. And it was this weird thing where it was like, oh, the kid from A Christmas Story and the toy is just showing up in these porno movies. And then Uh. he finally did one. I think it's called like Scotty Schwartz's Great Sex Adventure or something where it was about him playing himself trying to... Break into the porn industry, and it's like the first movie where it actually has sex on screen. Oh, I mean, how do you not couple-
0: call that just the sex toy? And that's <gasps> it. why, why Hello, are you it's calling right it there. Scotty Schwartz's Magical <laughs> Adventure in Funland. What kind of a title?
2: <laughs> I don't know. No. How
0: many, uh, yeah, how many Sheila's slash Schwartz's?
2: <laughs> I was going to give it negative Sheila's at first, <laughs> but you've sort of talked me up. Uh, we did? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. And now I'm sorry. When I first finished watching the movie, I'm like, "That's that's a negative Sheila." Wow. And now maybe mm, has anything
0: a... received a negative Sheila? I think not. No.
1: I, I feel just... like I gave uh, I gave uh, I gave she's, she's the, the, the one, one yeah. a negative yeah. Sheila. I gave
2: I
0: yeah, gave. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You've um, bent the laws of physics. To...
2: What's the okay. baby one?
0: Baby's Day Out. Huh?
2: Baby's Day Out. I couldn't even remember the name. I want to forget <laughs> it. I didn't even give that Sheila's. I think I just gave it fuck yous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think how, dare you you did. how dare you? How dare you? <laughs>
2: I'm uh, I'll give it a 1. 1 Sheila. That's being generous. What is that like get, Ned Beatty? Yeah.
0: I'm I'm going to give it 2.5. You're a racist. I I mean, look. Look.
2: Don't let's I'm not kidding. I know you're not. I know. What
0: what the, the what the sign on my lawn says, I'm no. my, 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 one
2: one man God. one vote. Um oh God. no. What I was going
0: to say. No, I mean, I really do no, it's not. Good. I, I mean, there's a nostalgia factor, or whatever. Right. So I, I That's enjoyed what I it a lot as with, a kid, yeah. but I really, yeah. 2.5 is high. Maybe, maybe two, 1.5 to two. I did. Mm. The, there are moments just between prior and that boy where prior as a mentor to that child and their relationship that I, that I liked. And so I, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it somewhere in the 1.5 to 2 ether for that. Just, just because well, I Where Richard Pryor like
2: gives the sex talk on the can, and that's what prompted Scotty Schwartz to go into porn right oh, there in no, this that's movie. Oh, that, you know Thank what? You.
0: How stupid am I? I wasn't Thank even you. aware they were sitting on a can.
2: The, oh, uh, yeah. They're sitting on the big phallic symbol. Oh phallic oh, yeah. oh, yeah. wow. symbol. Listen,
0: you got to be nice to her. Uh, tell her how you really feel, you know? Take a chance. Stop being so tough. They don't like that so
1: much. Women really, really like it when you're sincere. They respond, too. She'd look in your face, check out your eyes. I bet she'd really like you if you showed her what you were made of, you know what I mean? I mean? Don't worry about your thing. Keep that in your pants for a while. you got plenty of time for that. Just show her some of your heart, show her what you're made of. You're made of a lot, you know?
0: But I did I gotta say I thought that was a nice scene I did think it was nice I thought it was a good scene
1: Sorry mm, Apologies I I, uh, I gotta go 0. 0.5 <laughs> I'll go
2: 0. 0.5 This movie was like Watching a, a bad plane crash Yeah A sequel
0: To, to a one. bad Yes Even oh. <laughs> A retread Of a bad plane crash uh, Oh uh, And that brings us to A better movie <laughs> airplane 2 the sequel this holiday season let paramount pictures take you for the ride of your life with airplane 2 the sequel get your ticket for the funniest movie of the year airplane 2 the sequel i got smoking non-smoking first class coach economy by the aisle by the window airplane 2 the sequel reunites old friends <laughs> Strangest feeling we've been through this exact same thing before.
2: Except this time I know exactly what I'm doing, Elaine. Well, my goodness, Scraps is a boy dog, isn't he? The funniest comedy of the year
0: Airplane 2, the sequel. Though haunted by memories of combat, Heroic pilot Ted Stryker, played by Robert Hayes, agrees to return to the cockpit to man the controls of Mayflower One, America's first commercial spacecraft, after the ship's crew, including hilarious pedophile Peter Graves, is (laughs) sidelined during an inaugural trip to the moon. With guidance from the likes of a returning Lloyd Bridges and a post-wrath of Khan William Shatner, Stryker struggles to guide the shuttle through a treacherous asteroid belt, tame its failing computer systems, and stop the disgruntled Joe Salucci, played by Sonny Bono, from detonating a deadly bomb on board, all with former stewardess and Stryker's ex-girlfriend, Julie Haggerty, by his side as co-pilot. Despite bearing a striking similarity to the look, feel, tone, and timing of the first film, the Zucker-Abram-Zucker team behind the original airplane disavowed the film, after initially agreeing to the idea of a sequel, and claimed to this day to have never seen a single frame of it. Airplane 2 made $5.3 million over its opening weekend on its way to a modest $27.1 million box office haul. Fred and Dan, what did you boys think of Airplane to <laughs> Uh This
1: is a real, boy, this is a real study in comedy, right? Because the first one is so tight and it works so well and it knows what it is so well and has such confidence and it's like you can tell that these bits were honed and sculpted and then in this one you know even some of the same exact bits mm. don't work as well like the slapping of the of the you know get a hold of yourself boom yeah. and then if somebody else comes up get a hold of yourself boom and they slap the lady even that's not executed with the sharpness of the first one, you know, Mm -hmm. even the, the jive guy, even the, you know, the, the, the things that are literal retreads, Mm -hmm. you know, of the first one of like, we're just going to repeat this. Those don't work because it's almost, it, it really feels like nobody took the time, effort, energy to want to, to, to understand what Zucker and Abrams and Zucker were doing in the first one, which is like, that's, carefully 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 crafted comedy that if you have if if you're off by by a half of a half of a second you're off by a mile you know what i mean and and this one just does not it doesn't cut it there's very very little in this that works there's very very little that's funny um i think lloyd bridges is funny because he's just great he's just doing what what he did in the first one minus some of the same gags but he's his commitment is is the same. Gentlemen,
2: I don't find it easy to talk at a time like this, but i got to say something about that guy up there. And I can sum it all up in just one word. Courage, dedication, daring, pride, pluck, spirit, grit, metal. And G-U-T-S, guts has got more guts and little figure than most of us have a, a large
1: intestine, including the colon.
0: I thought certain stuff was slightly more successful, like when he's in the, the, the Ronald Reagan hospital for the mentally ill. I enjoyed that. I scene. thought that was funny. And yeah. there's and there's the the man in the suit and the briefcase sitting down next to the other guy, and you think it's the you think he's the lawyer yeah, of the patient chuckle. and then yeah. the patient, the guy who looks like the patient gets up and he's a farmer saying, will my brother ever stop thinking he's an accountant? <laughs> I thought, you know, and I was like, that's actually done well. It's smooth. The timing's good. is the really, nurse giving
2: the oil check.
0: Oh, to that the, was very uh, funny. In the background there, the background. there were certain things where I was like, and it looked just like the first movie. Like I was like, they really got the visual style oh. the same, at least at the first, at the beginning, I was like, I was surprised that the Zucker brothers didn't have something to do with this.
2: I wasn't I'm shocked. I wasn't surprised that. at all. I always assumed the Zucker brothers did this. It wasn't until this rewatch.
0: It got real bad real quick, Dan. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. I saw. I was like, oh, maybe it's not in my memory. See, maybe it's not that I, bad. I thought the and last like,
1: fourth of it was the best. I thought it got, I got a little better as you moved through it. I think I that's because
0: Shatner was was anchoring it there, and and, uh, and I didn't
2: think it was that bad.
1: Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. Can you say that please again, Fred?
2: <laughs> I really didn't think it was that bad.
1: Fred, you ha- you're going to be replaced on this podcast. I'm sorry. You need uh, to retread you now.
0: I think it's better than the toy. I, uh, oh, yeah, it yeah definitely it's definitely better than to the toy. Oh, okay, all right. Here's we're all the thing on that
2: what age. I what, <laughs> what I thought about it in rewatching cuz I haven't I haven't seen this one in a long time and it was funny because there are a lot of jokes that I couldn't remember. I was like, "Wait, was that from the first one or the second one?" I, I remember mm-hmm. cuz I recently rewatched the first one with the kids. And I thought, wait a minute, I thought the striker, striker, striker. I thought that was in the first one, but it's not. It's in this one. There were a few jokes like that. Mm.
0: That, might be a repeti- mean, that might have been repeated. That might no, have been repeated. No, it was. Both. I don't think oh, it was not? in the
2: first one. No. I don't think so because I kept waiting for it. Oh, okay. I, you know, this is one of those movies. And I remember as a kid, what got me right off the bat and what sort of excited me this time was I loved Battlestar Galactica. So the fact that they start with that theme song. Isn't that, that got,
0: weird that they use the exact theme, like, instead of coming up with, like, a space theme that they composed, yeah, they no, actually use the Battlestar Galactica, music. Galactica
2: But watching it this time, I was really, I was shocked that it wasn't the Zucker Brothers. There were never any jokes that I, like, cringed at, thought were really bad. They were all in that airplane vein of jokes. So just stupid, easy, sometimes clever jokes. And it was one of those movies where I thought, I didn't hate it. It mm. was fine. I, I enjoyed it. There were times that I, I I chuckled, and it has that energy, that airplane energy. Do I ever need to see it again? No, I'm fine with just the first one. Mm-hmm. But I, I there was never a point where I thought, well, this is stupid. This is this is a terrible sequel. I just thought, like you said, it was a it was a retread. I think Julie Haggerty's fantastic. I really like her. I like
0: Robert Hayes too. Yeah, he did, he's good. he's
2: fine. Um, I don't know. It's one of these things where I thought, okay, I'm glad I watched it that's it. Don't need to see it again. I'll just go, like I said, I'll go back to the first one.
0: It's yeah.
2: It was an innocuous movie to me.
0: Yeah. It's so unnecessary, but there are, there are some laughs, but yeah, but compared to the original airplane, I, you know, very, very few overall. At first I thought, because I had seen it a lot as a kid too. I had, I had this on video. I had both airplane movies on that stupid video disc thing. And so I watched airplane two, almost as much as airplane one as a kid. And I remember thinking both were funny, but I was a kid, it's you know, it. I I mean, was a kid. I also
2: liked it because it was space, you know, so yeah. that was the big thing at the time. I thought that was cool. And it was on cable all the time. I remember, you know, right. I remember watching with my friends and really enjoying it. Uh, but, and then I remember I was very excited. I forgot about this at the end, it's, you know, it says air coming soon, airplane three. <laughs> <Yeah. I remember. laughs> and they just, and I was reading about that because I was wondering, I was so excited as a kid, but I guess... You know, there's so many people like even Robert Hayes was like, no, I'm I'm done with it. Just put Well, the it made no money. In. I mean, it made yeah, like less than one too.
0: quarter of what Airplane made. And I think that was the issue.
2: I
1: think they should have leaned more heavily into spoofing sci-fi. They do a little bit of a 2001 spoof. You get that Battlestar Galactic theme. You have Shatner in it. You got Shatner in it. You have one Star Trek gag That doesn't even That's not even really a gag No He just looks up the periscope And sees the Starship Enterprise I know. and know It's not, sort not of even a joke a, It's not even a joke Like he doesn't even get like a Huh You know I'll It's have literally to, just
0: uh, It's Paramount Pictures And they have the rights So they just use They them, just the stuck
1: that in there But his reaction isn't funny In any way <laughs> You know It's like You, you could have I bet he didn't know It was so going to end up in there I bet Jason that's what it played like To me <laughs> you know if they've lost their crew and our manual, who's in control
0: of that bucket, Lieutenant? Some guy by the name of Ted Stryker, sir. Ted Stryker.
2: Do you know him, sir? Never heard of him. That's not exactly true. We were like brothers. We flew together during the war. We were close,
1: real close, until... Until, sir? Until that day over Macho Grande.
2: Over Macho Grande, sir? No, I'm afraid I'll never get over Macho Grande. It it's was like weird s- that they didn't lay into the sci-fi stuff. And I even thought that in the beginning. I'm like, and I thought it was sort of funny that, oh, it's in the future, but yet the airport looks exactly the same. The cars look the same. Right. But yeah. you're right. I mean, maybe they should have. I mean, there was like an E.T. thing in the beginning. Am but... I crazy? Oh, yeah. They um,
0: yeah, they did the E.T. thing.
2: Am I nuts, though? They Did they land
0: on the moon? Because yes. they land on the moon yeah. and there's gravity and everybody just gets off the plane on the moon <laughs> with wow. no... Space suits or helmet. No. I mean, I know it's Airplane to the sequel, but I was like, is this supposed to be the actual surface of the fucking moon? Or is this like, uh, uh, you know, did they say something about there being a dome or something? No. 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 They didn't, right? They just got to the moon. No, it's
2: not Total Recall. Yeah, they just got to the moon. <laughs> when you hear the crunch, you're there. That's yeah. actually kind
1: of funny. That might get it one more Sheila than I would normally give it. Is right.
2: that. If they made a joke about it or if
0: people noticed it and were like, huh. Everything I'd heard oh. was wrong. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> or, they, or
2: they say, like, oh, the moon landing clearly <laughs> was a fake. They, they just got off the plane and they just exploded. That would have been yeah. great, <laughs> is if they opened the door and they just <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the heads
1: all explode. Uh, did you catch uh, uh, the governor from Benson? Played the priest. Yes, as the, he played as the priest. The priest. <laughs> like,
0: put, your head, put your head between your knees, and they say, between your own knees, father. Between your own knees. He's, he's looking at year. the. um
2: What was the magazine that he was, it was looking at? Alter boy. Altar boy. At? It was Altar boy he, he turns, at the turns the it, it around. Yeah. And got the centerfold. That was, oh. good. was funny. That was ripped Fun to see a rip young ripped horn. Rip
0: did, did nothing funny. Raymond Burr was pretty funny when she said, "Do you know what it's like to laugh and laugh?" And he's like. Yes. Yes. Yes, I do.
2: Yes, I do. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yes, right. I liked it when the little girl knocked over the old lady when she was running to see her yes, grandma. Yes, to see the, the other airport. grandma. You're right. You're right, Jason. All yeah. the stuff in the first airport scene was, I thought, was the funniest stuff. I really enjoyed it. I, I always
0: remember, still to this day, I think Airplane 2, I think the, the, the people coming to ask— uh, questions like you know about flight times and stuff and somebody says what's the fastest animal and the guy says oh, yeah the cheetah i still remember that from when oh, i was yeah. a kid like just like you know what i always remember and
2: again this was another thing that i i could have sworn was in the first one but was yeah i just need to take a little breather
1: thought that was great i totally forgot he was in it yeah but see even he but even that it's like oh you went about 60 percent on that gag you know what i mean he should have been like, ah, 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 you know what I mean. Like <laughs> the he should have way he been was in life. Every breath, apparently, <laughs> exactly. All sex starved. You know, like when they shoot the do- w- w- oh, When sorry. he pretends to shoot the dog. You know, when the- in that begin uh, in that scene when he's like, I cannot oh, have have tell With the kid dog. from Poltergeist with that little kid from Poltergeist. Right. Right. But that. But no. But do the upshot of that joke. Go, ah, ha, ha. The, 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 the mother's laughing, the guy's laughing, the father's laughing. Cut to the kid with tears streaming down his face. <laughs> that's the joke. You know, he's traumatized for life. That's what, what the Zucker brothers would have done. He's cut back funny. to him going, eh, you know, that would have been hilarious. This is what this movie didn't do. It didn't see anything through to its, to its fruition. Here's the other thing. Uh, now, tell me if I'm crazy. Um, Peter Graves is over. the the oh. the the co-pilot is, um, no, no, is that, do I have that right? Peter grave Peter Graves is he's over over Captain over right. The the one of the co-pilots is done, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. third co-pilot is not under. He's Unger
0: Unger. Mm-hmm.
1: Why and also <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it should be over, done, and under.
0: I think they're just doing it because it sounds, like if you say it fast enough, it sounds like under.
1: The no? other two aren't
2: plays on the words. They're the actual words. Why are you so angry?
1: Under, didn't you serve under, over, in the Air Force? Uh, not directly. Technically, done was under, over, and I was under done. Yep. So done, you were under, over, and over, under.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, that's right. Dunn was over hunger and I was over done.
1: So you see, both Dunn and I were under over even though I was under done. Dunn.
0: Dunn was over Unger and I was over done.
1: Fuck this movie. I give it no <laughs> sealers. Well.
0: You got Shatner. I thought you'd be happy with Shatner. Shatner, Shatner. Shatner. and I didn't Sonny Von.
1: Wait a minute. Oh. Uh, that's your joke. I was an Amish to know. you. It's a great
0: joke. Um <laughs> <laughs> Now how many Shatner Sheilas for this? I Shatner Sheila, and oh she thanked God. me. What, uh, 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 how many? I'll give it a
2: two. I'll give it a solid two. It brought me back. There was nostalgia, and it didn't make me feel uncomfortable like the no, toy did. did.
0: That's very true.
1: Uh, uh, 1.5. I'm going to go, uh, I'm
0: going to go 2.5. 2.5. I do enjoy the beginning. And I did like Shatner. I, I. The funny thing is... Shatner is is only a hair off from how he plays Kirk at all times. It's very right. funny. Which I guess yeah. is the point because Leslie Nielsen too was like doing like the character he'd done in a million movies. And you go back yes. and you look at those movies now and you're like, oh, it's so funny. And it's like, no. He no, was a straight playing actor it straight. playing it straight. <laughs> we only think of him as funny because now we're used to him like the, right. the punchline. You know, we can imagine him doing the naked gun bits, but yeah, yeah no. So I guess that's uh that's a good thing. I thought that all those guys were very Chuck Connors, I thought he right. He's the he was the fiance. He was the so no, Chuck
2: Connors is the Sarge. He was no, the Sarge. He was the guy he was with, the, who's Sarge. the guy
0: who was the guy who played her. Chad fe- Everett. Chad Everett. I thought he was yeah, he very was good. Good,
2: he
1: too. Was good. He was good. I thought all, right.
0: all those guys were good. They were funny. Um, right. okay. Yeah, and Lloyd Bridges was especially good. He um, was good. Lloyd Bridges was good. Yeah, two point five. That's still not much of anything, but there you go. <sighs> Airplane no. two,
2: the sequel. I don't know about your mail sack, Dan, but my yes. mail sack full. We got a lot of a lot. We, we got a lot of stuff to cover here. Mm. So I'm, I'm just gonna get is to it. Is it
0: sore and sensitive?
2: It, yeah, well, to the touch? Too much rolling around oh, in the eagle's oh. nest again. Oh. Uh let's see. What we you know? We got a lot of people uh writing in about the last couple of episodes. Ooh. Uh and there's been there was a lot of talk mm-hmm. about make it for Gutenberg yeah a lot of people why. writing in and by a lot of people I mean two. Uh, but <laughs> well, I, I feel more like' there, than that no I no? think there were no. more yeah people were were uh were they were put off by your disdain of Gutenberg Jason I'm just gonna I'm give just me gonna throw a, it out give there.
0: me a defense that just, okay. uh, that says anything that uh, there is nothing there there's no there there Steve Gutenberg people are like do you do you feel bad aren't you being too hard on Gu-? no Steve Gutenberg
1: But what more do you that's want? Why, him that's to why be? the
0: Simpsons have a joke about a secret society that makes Steve Gutenberg a star
2: because there's no logical reason. Well, I think Mo- I think people were saying that there's something about him that he's got a very everyman quality. Uh, yes. there, there's something charming about him. He's very he's a nice guy. So that's.
0: Okay. You know, I don't know.
2: Look, I've never had problems with Gutenberg. I always enjoyed him. I didn't realize that that you couldn't, you know, stand the taste of him so much. (laughs) However, I did. This was a great and let me see if I can find it. So uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? So our friend, hold on, you can cut all this. I can't cut that so, that's
0: beautiful you just
2: <laughs> so here we go so our friend uh, Tim Orenko, who's written in before he said uh, as usual I love the show I look forward to it every week but once you started discussing Steve Gutenberg, I thought I'd chime in and he says and I and I did mention this movie when we were talking about Gutenberg. he says Can't Stop the Music is easily one of the most batshit insane movies ever in the history of ever I and a group of longtime friends have a fascination for the movie and about eight to ten years ago I was given the gift of the original press kit from the film What? so he sent me uh, some copies of it it's a little beat up and there's there's some tidbits on it and apparently in the press release and I mean it's really I mean it looks like it was you know typed in Someone's old typewriter in their home, and I wish I, I wish we could show pictures of it. Well, apparently, and this is amazing to me. So it, the the press the the press release starts off in about two years. Actor Steve Gutenberg is going to have to make an important decision about his future. The 22 year old actor already is forging a successful career in front of the camera, but he's also studying dentistry, and the inevitable choice is going to have to be made.
1: Oh, he made the
2: wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> Who is I'm I'm confused. Who is writing this? This was, a, it's a press release. I don't know. I'm looking at it now. It's a, it's, it's released by. It was, the, it was by, press
0: packet for Can't uh, Stop the Music. press packet can't for can't stop, can't stop the Music, the
1: music which was Why the ballad of the village? say our guy who's going to be in Can't Stop the Music wants to be a dentist?
0: Because maybe he did. Maybe he's like that, you know, that elf from Rudolph. And he was really like, <laughs> I'm not so sure if this is going to work out for me.
2: I mean, he's 22. He's that. a kid. No, he says that. He says, there's a quote. It says, I'm aware, says Steve, that a career in dentistry would give me security, a steady income, and a rewarding life. There'd be a wife and kids, a good home. But the fact that I love acting and in the future, I think he talks about directing. I'm trying to turn the page. And um, I, maybe I'd like to produce and maybe direct. It would mean being away from home a lot and I wouldn't have the security that a regular job would give. So, I, yeah, I mean— Who knows? He was was trying to hedge his bets. Why is this
1: in a press kit for a movie that he's in is what I'm asking. Because it's kind of
0: they're giving up as they're promoting the film. They're they're giving up, all right. (laughs) They're like... They're giving up. (laughs) They're basically saying, don't... You can't blame this... Let's not give him a bad review because... He might be a fantastic dentist. No, I'm
2: sure there's more. I'm sure, I'm sure the majority of the the press packet is about the Village People and Valerie Perrine. It's one of those things where who you know, needed
1: probably... dental work, which is why they put them all in the movie together. Now it makes sense.
2: I mean, did you see the motorcycle guy from the Village People? Have you seen his teeth?
1: Big choppers. That's hence Big the motorcycle choppers. guy, choppers exactly. who ride a chopper. Hey. I will
0: say that Steve Gutenberg brings all the skills of a dentist to his acting. <laughs> work and
1: ah, uh, and you've often said that watching him is like getting a root canal so it, oh, oh boy, almost, hey
0: there you go that was the joke thank things. you no
2: now, they're both they're both good now here here's a, here's another this is something interesting and cute and and fun uh, my friend Erica Siegel was letting me know when we with the Santa Claus the movie yes she <laughs> well so I Erica, she we're, we're very close friends with her and her husband, Mark, and she's the daughter of Robert Siegel, who is a journalist on NPR. Oh, yes. Who He was actually, he was on The Simpsons. Oh, he was featured on The Simpsons yeah. on the episode. Oh, that's right, that's right. And when she was very young, she heard, so Tom Shales, who was the, the reviewer at the time and is a Pulitzer Prize winner for criticism. I think he won a Pulitzer Prize in 1988, she said. Hmm. Um, Her dad was a news director at the time when Santa Claus the movie came out. So they would listen to the morning edition while he would drive her to school. And she writes, apparently during the ride, I heard the review and was deeply offended. And I wrote a note to Tom Shales, which my dad passed along, voraciously defending Santa Claus the movie. (laughs) And the gist of it was that how would a grown up know what kids like? And so Mm -hmm. I, I guess... Her dad passed it on and um, Tom Shells never responded to my note, although she says that my dad says he was ornery. (laughs) <laughs> but then she wrote. However, now I recognize the true awfulness of the movie, mm. and now that I realize this, you and your friends probably think I'm a complete imbecile to go to the mats over it with a Pulitzer Prize-winning Not literary at critic. All. But I think, think that's great. amazing yeah. that it's she great. heard this review and was like, "No, no, Tom Shale. I think it's
0: adorable. And I think she, it's she, so she sweet. She wrote a that whole
2: rebuttal. That. Mm. Mm. No, that's oh, very no, sweet. Yeah. That's really, really cute. I thought it was very sweet. It so, is. You know, thank you as, thank as always to people for for writing in, and and we've got some. Lovely reviews on our iTunes page, so thank, thank you everyone for doing for that, that, for listening and subscribing. And now, in my mail sack, there's letters,
1: there's letters, there's letters, there's letters, and there they lead me
2: to believe. Wait a minute, I don't believe there's letters unless I hear the mail sack. Oh, okay, that's true. Let me, let me, get, let me. <sighs> I think you're lying it. to me. Let me just grab.
0: This. You never flap your sack, Fred, for sack. us to hear. <laughs>
2: Well, you he's almost not. never right. do. <laughs> he's you almost never
0: flutter the folds of your sack.
2: Well, my sack comes by email, so oh, I can just, I can just okay. go. Yeah. Plus, he's not at the he's there not at go. the
1: Eagles Nest. That's why, he's, <laughs> that's why you don't hear that flapping of his sack. <laughs> I get the, the emails. Dan gets <laughs> the true mail sack. Okay, yes, he yeah, does. I get the Like snail Santa, mail. he gets no, Santa's yeah, mail let sack. Let me just see if I can. Oh, there's
2: so many. Letters uh, so now paper I cuts. I believe it.
1: Oh, now you believe. I believe, believe. I believe. I believe in Santa. Uh, yes, yeah, so many letters. They're all from our friends who, it seems, have not listened to the podcast at all in the last couple of episodes because here's the letter from Al Pacino. Have you guys, <laughs> have you guys seen or heard from Sheila? Eustace, anybody know where Sheila is? She hasn't been around for a couple of weeks. Jacob Joseph. Where's my Sheila? Where's my beloved Sheila? Adam. Is Sheila gone? Oh, wait, he can write it, (laughs) though. No, it's just a giant X. And then a heart with an S in it. So I assume that means Sheila gone. Uh, uh, You know, Dr. Merlot. (laughs) Where is Sheila? What happened to (laughs) Sheila? Did Sheila leave? So they don't know what's, they don't know that she's gone into molting. They don't know that she's gone back up to, you know, the Pacific Northwest to molt and mate and hibernate. You know, they don't they have no idea. So I feel like we have to tell them or we have to like well, somehow how make them. how come they haven't been listening
2: to the podcast? Oh, that's yeah. my Mom. that's my
1: that's where I was heading with this. Listen, come people on, you gotta folks. listen, you gotta subscribe, you gotta get on the Spotify and you gotta give the five stars. Come yeah, on, people. Because yeah. they're doing? on
0: hiatus from lunchline, they've got all the time in the world.
1: What do they to have to do? Up? You know, while Jacob Joseph continues to rehab his his hurt his scraped knee. You know, what else do they have to do they' there I assume he and Adam have patched things up they're both still down there I just got a letter from them you know from both of them you know even tote is like I don't care but where is Sheila you know
2: her <laughs> like, absence is
1: nefarious yeah, her <laughs> absence is, <laughs> that's what it says in a postscript I must admit her absence is. Nefarious, but you know they're all the every one of the Arthur Podscript. Look, here's one from Nicholson. Where's Angelica? Well, he's looking for someone
2: else. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly not even looking for sure. her. Oh, well, it's nice to know they're worried. And I so. I, listen, uh, if if you guys are listening, uh, we'll tell you not tomorrow, not in 24 hours, <laughs> maybe the day after that. So what would so that be if we're, give or take like? It's like I mean, what time is it now? It's around carry
0: the one
1: like 36 I mean, hours. F- yeah, so no, 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 no. I Let's think we go a little more. longer. Go a little more because longer.
0: that you know 36 is like you know something Maybe like might a good come 40, 40, up. we 40, 47 7 and a half. let She's pushing push it to
2: 48 hours. Hey, <gasps> oh, <laughs>
0: I think I know what somebody's gonna be hand fighting. You better believe it. 48 hours.
2: We ain't partners, we ain't brothers, and we ain't friends. I'm putting you down and keeping you down until Gans is locked up or dead. And if Gans gets away, you're gonna be sorry you ever met me. I'm already sorry. Nick Nolte is a cop, Eddie Murphy. Is a con.
1: I can help you get Gans, but you got to get me out of here first. You're crazy. He pulls some strings.
2: See, you need me a little more than you thought. I'm huh, Mr. K.
1: He pulls some scams.
2: So where do you want to do it, honey? Want to hop up on the counter?
1: Nah, we can go in this room over here next to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we're on the move. Let's go. I want to know what's going on
2: between you and Gans. Half a million dollars. <laughs> and it's all coming down in 48 hours.
0: Renegade cop Jack Cates, played by Nick Nolte, pulls bank robber Reggie Hammond, played by Eddie Murphy in his screen debut, from a federal prison on a 48-hour leave to help him capture Hammond's old partner, Albert Gans, played by James Remar. Having escaped from a prison work crew, Gans is on a murderous journey to find a bag containing half a million dollars that went missing after one of his robberies. The cocky Reggie knows where the money is and spars with the hot-headed Jack as he enjoys his temporary freedom. Although very much a product of its time, the film's off-handed racism and pervasive misogyny have not aged well, in my opinion. 48 Hours was a stealth hit earning $4.3 million for a third-place finish behind the toy in Airplane 2 on its opening weekend, but going on to eclipse both those releases with a total box office haul of $78.8 million. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of 48 Hours?
2: I got to tell you, I I had a really good time watching this movie for, for several different reasons. I didn't see it when it came out. And this was one of those movies that I remember being on cable and I didn't see it because it was R rated, but I remember, I have a very, very vivid memory of sitting in my den and it was on either HBO or WHT at that time, yeah, whichever, whichever the W-H-T. channels that I had. Yeah. And, and I knew I shouldn't be watching it, but mm-hmm. I knew that Eddie Murphy was on it and I knew that he was supposed to be funny. So I would like flip back and forth and it it was I just remember being like, oh my God, there's naked women in this movie. <laughs> and, it, and it was like a different type of naked. It's not like John Larroquette looking at, you know, the naked girl showering in stripes. Like this was, there was something <laughs> that was grittier about it, you know? I'm like, yeah. I think there might be hookers or something. And I remember also, I remember I kept hearing the name Billy Bear, Billy Bear. And the guy who played Billy Bear, who's also in Predator, Yes, uh, really <laughs> as a kid scared me. And I'm like, who is this Billy Bear? What's going on? <laughs> and what also struck me was, it w- I remember flipping to it right around the time, it was at the end of the movie, where, spoiler alert, where Eddie Murphy shoots Billy Bear and those gunshot wounds, and I remember seeing the blood. Oh, yeah, they're gross. Because I'd seen, you know, violence in movies, but it was like science fiction violence. This was the first time I I just remember vividly being like, oh, my God, those are big, bloody bullet holes. (laughs) So... But so I never watched it. It was just sort of, you know, it was like when I would watch horror movies and sort of put my hand over my face. I was just flipping. So I'd never seen the whole movie all the way through. So it was fun to watch it because of that going back. And also, you know, I'd always heard that this is one of those, you know, like paradigmatic movies where, you know, like this is like the template for all. That was a big word. I was going to say,
0: you talk about my wife saying vicissitudes in a letter, Paradigmatic? Paradigmatic, Look at like you. a paradigm, I know. Look at the big brain on I bread. <laughs> There's I need not f- many of them.
1: I need That's a few great. moments to calm myself down. I need like a few <laughs> minutes, because I'm very excited
2: now. <laughs> this was that first, you know, the the first buddy cop movie. And, and, and you can see it. And looking at it now, oh, yeah. you totally see the template. And also just yeah. to see Eddie Murphy, you know, it's his first movie. <clears throat> And that was fun, too, just to go back. Yeah. Man, that scene in, in the cowboy bar, oh, yeah. you're just like, oh, boom, <laughs> that's it. He's a star. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. That's the scene.
0: All right, listen up. I don't like white people.
1: I hate rednecks. You people are rednecks. That means I'm enjoying this shit. Well, you loaded here. Who the fuck you get this? Tax It's Bullshit. Too fucking stupid to have a job.
2: So I really enjoyed it. I liked, yes, I mean, there's the the race stuff and the misogyny about it, but the, it, it and, I'm, and I'm not excusing any of that, but it, the, it, 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 there was something I, I don't want to say appreciated it, that's not the right word, but mm. there was a grittiness to the movie and there was no apologizing. Nick Nolte was an unlikable racist bastard and that's just who his character was and he didn't apologize for it. You know, except that he except does in end. that one scene where he
1: literally oh, apologizes. Right. He, he <laughs> does, he does. But, he does that. but, end, but that's yeah, a yeah. great scene, Fred, and I'm, and I'm glad you're saying about that because it's only sort of a he 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 he. It's almost like he grumbles and mumbles through that apology, and you can tell that yeah. he's really feeling it. And then he says, "You know, part of the job or whatever." And then Eddie Murphy, I think, says, "You know, yeah, but it's still kind of fucked up." Right. Oh, it's, yeah. st- it's still not. It's still not. He says, not- um, what does I he think say? He there? says,
0: uh, doing your job doesn't excuse everything. Right. Is the yeah. line he
1: says. And then Nick Nolte says, yeah, you're right. Right. He agrees. Mm-hmm. He agrees. I love that. I think that's kind of my favorite thing in the movie. Some version of that scene I wish had been in the toy. It's so interesting <laughs> that these two movies came out on the same day. It's so I fucking was, interesting, especially because of Pryor and Murphy. You know what I mean? And and Eddie Murphy being so in, influenced by Richard Pryor and these two movies. And Pryor was supposed to
2: do this movie. I was reading originally oh, it was really Reaver Clint Eastwood and Richard Pryor. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's right. Wow. That's right. You're
1: right. You're right. Yeah.
2: Oh my but gosh! Right, I I, uh, I really enjoy. And you know anything with the Jonathan Banks. I love yes. Mike Herman Trout from Breaking Bad. I yeah, better he's so thought. good. I I love the guy. He's Great in this, yeah, he I is. Really you know I mean? That's just a him. really
0: good actor. He makes the most out of that scene.
2: It's true. James Remar, I've never understood him. I don't. I don't like him. I don't think he's. I, I don't think what he's a good do we actor. We know him from. He was he's in Sex and the stuff. City. He was in The Warriors. He's done a lot of stuff. Okay. I just never. I don't know. Every time he shows up, I'm like, eh. Uh, uh, he really overplayed
1: that final scene. I thought. Yeah. I, got hit. I don't believe it. I got shot. Totally. You know, he really overplayed, and and Nolte is so underplaying it, and he's like a fucking samurai at the end of that. This oh, really god. is sort of a samurai story. This whole thing. You know
2: what? What I was thinking, I'm watching Nick Nolte, and that, that was another thing too. Um, and I and I sort of mentioned this with um, oh my god, with William Hurt when yeah. he did uh, the uh, One the True movie Thing. With One True Thing. That it dawned on me. I'm like, God, I don't really know that much of Nick Nolte's work. I mm. feel like I do, but I've only seen. You know, Prince here and of there. Tides. I never Boy, saw Prince I'm of Tides. I'm just kidding. I'm, oh, yeah. But like, I remember down and out in Beverly Hills. That yes, was really the first time I remember that movie, Teachers, one. with Ralph Macchio and like a thin red line. You know, here and there, uh, he's always been there. But Hulk, he is. I, I he is great right. in Hulk. He is. You're oh. right. I he really is very of good. Yeah? He's That
0: right. crazy. He's excellent. Yeah. He I really it.
2: thought he was. I really thought he was great in this, and he was just so. And I just thought at the time like what an interesting I mean he was probably like in his 30s when he did this I would think Yeah, but he sounded yeah. to me with that voice and he's such a hulking guy alright I did my part and I got you out so now you do yours where are we going
1: we gotta go see a guy named Luther Gans will be going to see him soon we ain't got that much time
2: though. is Luther part of the gang? what gang you talking about Jack? hey I can read a police file shithead quit calling me Jack
1: it's just an expression alright I don't mean nothing by it
2: I don't give a damn it happens to be my name
1: the hell you complaining for? At least calling you shithead.
2: That may call you worse than that. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought the... the Me too, Fred. You know, I I I thought it was... I like the grittiness yeah, of it. I, I love the look I, of this movie, man. The I look. It. Now, it was weird because you mentioned that last shootout. It was weird. The last shootout almost seemed like it was in a different movie in, in different ways. It was filmed... In a very different style.
1: Yes, because you have the steam coming up, you have the lens yeah. flares, you have all of that neon from the Chinatown. Yeah, it fe- it feels like we're at the end of something, like we're at the like I say, like we're at the end of a samurai's journey or something like that. It feels it, it, more it Blade
0: Runner y than. Uh, yes. Really,
2: really, I, I kept thinking I was like, oh, it just turns like a Michael Mann movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what? You know what really stood out. And I watched it twice because I was like, wait a minute, is this one shot, that scene in the police station? Yes. Oh, my God, it first Fred, yes. It's yes. a four-minute tracking shot. Yes. I timed it. I watched it, and it's then I terrific. went back. It's so, it's just constant motion and yep. dialogue. And yep. I thought it was, you know, when some of the acting is here and there, it's up and down, but. But people coming just, in and the background movement and all of that stuff in the pans. Yeah. It's, Oh, it's awesome. I thought it was really, really cool. And I just, I wasn't expecting it. You yeah. know, that wasn't what I was expecting from this movie. Yeah. It doesn't but. cut until he goes
1: into the to the sergeant's office or the chief, yeah. the, the, yeah. the captain's mm-hmm. office. This is a cop drama With, you know, cop drama action movie with some comedy in it. This is not a comedy, you know, even though the headlining uh, headliner is is Eddie Murphy. And, um, you know, I, I had forgotten that I thought it was. And I and I I'm surprised that I'd forgotten this because I had seen this several times on cable at friends' houses and things like that. And you know, not long after this, Trading Places comes out, right? And that sure. is the perfect example of a social satire. Oh my God, what yes, a great, yeah. brilliant social satire! And that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And that's I put that right up there with those other satires that I talked about. But um, this uh, is a. a You know, this is pretty fucking masterfully directed, I have to say. And I and I didn't I never appreciated that as a young person watching uh, watching this movie. I just liked it for the, you know, like everybody else for the Eddie Murphy parts (laughs) and for the the fun, you know, cop chases and and things like that. It is it doesn't there are parts of it that you're absolutely right, Jason, that don't age well. And you kind of they're a little cringy and stuff like that. But but ultimately, I really this was a rewatch that I enjoyed more than most of our rewatches of late, you know? And I was like, man, I'm glad I watched this again. This was fucking so much fun for me. And, and it's so weird. I don't know if James Horner did the commando music, but holy shit, does it sound the same?
2: It's James Horner. It's the same, that syncopated steel drums thing. And at one point it's the same exact melody. the bang bing, bing,
1: bing, 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 bing,
2: bing, 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 bang I wrote that down.
1: And then Sully shows up and I literally think I'm watching Commando. (laughs) Fucking Nolte, Jesus Christ. He's so goddamn good in this. And he is handsome And he is likable And he has the most amazing hair I've ever seen That's the (laughs) hair I want That sort of feathered God, I wish I could have his hair It's the most beautiful It's luxurious But then then he You know And that comes out of that person And and the cigarettes And the alcohol And everything And you just Man, I, I just love that characterization Really nobody Yeah, I guess Eastwood is close Maybe Kurt Russell is close Certainly, you talked about this being a template and an archetype. I'm so glad we watched Alien Nation because you can see a direct line. Oh, yeah. I mean a direct line between this movie and Alien Nation. It is yeah. right there. This is almost the same movie, um, and, and so many other of these buddy cop type movies. But I,
2: I just but what I like about Nolte it, that which I was surprised about, you know, as compared to like a Kurt Russell um, yeah. or someone that, like he he played into the unlikability. You know, oh, there was well, well. That's
1: why I thought of I thought of um, uh, once again, like we said about Khan in Alienation. I thought of Popeye Doyle. He's unlikable oh, yeah. on purpose. He's re- you, yeah. you go. Oh my God, this guy's saying awful, terrible, horrible things mm. and doing horrible things and going beyond the badge. You know, busting into people's houses without a warrant. You know, yeah. roughing people up. I mean, he's just it's Popeye Doyle. You're not sub- He's an antihero.
2: You mentioned it first of all. Annette Tool is. Gorgeous. Oh, she's
1: a knockout. What the fuck? Why wasn't she a superstar? God, and she's she, so, when she she's so shows so good up good on it. screen. She's
0: beautiful. But because she's uh, given you know, stuff it, like this to do. But yeah. why wasn't she
1: given more to do? Is my question.
0: Then ask Walter Hill why he didn't take Not her and this give her movie, anything. In to her do.
1: career, why she wasn't she a things, Penelope Ann she... Miller? Why wasn't she uh a a uh the um oh, I'm losing her name now? A um her and biggest role,
0: he, apart from this, was the following year. She was in Superman 3 Superman with, three, uh, Richard right? Richard Pryor.
1: Who's in Groundhog and, Day? What's her name? Uh, Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. Oh. She should have yeah. played every Andy McDowell part.
0: Yeah, she's wonderful. She's a both great actor. Both of these actor.
2: characters, it's sort of interesting, though. They're both characters who go through the whole movie trying in a way to connect with women and just not doing it. Like Eddie Murphy, the whole thing is like, I just want to get laid. And Nick Nolte's constantly like, I gotta call. I, I think gotta that's call part her. Part of the
1: c- point of this movie is the the down the pitfalls of machismo. I think is part of the point. It of could this be movie, it, you know? you know.
2: I mean, I wonder if that's a reason why. Of course, I think that's. I think that's generous.
0: I think that's generous in a movie where Annette O'Toole is the female lead and has three scenes: one in her bathrobe, two on the phone, and the last words she says are halfway through the movie. She says "fuck you" because he doesn't call her back. I mean. I no, do you think
2: she was a lead?
0: She's the she's the female lead of the movie. She is the fe, she is the lead female actress. She's the third billing in the movie, sure. and she does nothing. I hate this movie. I hate oh, it. Really? Oh, I never Jason. liked it when I was younger. Oh. Never liked it. I told Jeez. you the story last week of like you know being kids in school being like, "You haven't seen Forty Eight Hours. You're deprived." Oh my god, you haven't seen Forty Eight Hours. And then I finally saw it. Probably I was in high school, and I was like. I don't get it. I don't get it. Really? I don't like it. Don't like anybody. Eddie Murphy is, Eddie Murphy's wonderful. He's always wonderful. I don't think he comes into his own as like a really electric screen performer until Trading Places the next year and then Beverly Hills Cop the year after that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think I don't think this is super funny necessarily what he does i know I don't it's think not it's trying to be. i don't think I don't, it's
1: trying to be i think it's I think just trying is, to be uncomfortably funny in a lot of mm, ways I,
0: yeah it wasn't I, I didn't really i didn't really like it i i i know it's the you know i know you say the, the lens of looking back today at something in 1982 and pointing out the racism and the misogyny but i it's something that i found uncomfortable and uninteresting when i was a teenager in the 80s i remember not liking this movie and i mm-hmm. thought i was like well it's just not my cup of tea i guess at that time i wasn't mm. really into like you know gritty cop crime movie not yeah. my not my thing really and it was never really my thing i thought well I'll like I'll, I'll probably like it better now and nothing. Nope. <laughs> nothing. Wow. I really, I, I like kind of loathed it. And every time wow. a woman was, every time a naked woman was shoved or pushed or punched and bloodied and had nothing to do and nothing to say, it just made me angry. It really, the movie made me angry and the racism towards Eddie Murphy and the way he's got to swallow. It, I know that's all real and the world we're in there. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I didn't see the point of it. I didn't think it had to be that way. And I don't think that, I, I think the half-assed apology at the end, while I do agree, it is probably the best moment in the movie along with that tracking shot. Those are my two. Fa- those are the two times I was like, oh, I like that. <laughs> those are the only two times I was like, oh, I like that. Even the scene I was looking forward to in the country western bar, I was like, well, this is where, you know, it's going to be the like yeah. cheer moment. And I could see watching it. I'm like, and here's the moment where Eddie Murphy walks out of there and walks to Nick Nolte's car and there's nothing on the soundtrack, not even lines for about 10-15 seconds because it must be an applause you know i love that when you see in movies how they figure out from test screenings like what is like such a big laugh or an applause moment that there's nothing that 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 you would lose in the story (laughs) underneath it and you're like oh that's that's quite a long beat before something of consequence happens again it's because it's covering the time that a big laugh or a big response would take and i'm like i'm sure people went nuts for that scene and i was like gosh i really thought there'd be more to it yeah it did not it just didn't do it for me and i was like and i was like i know i wrote this is giving me a very weird sciencey vibe in terms of my threshold <laughs> for its flaws <laughs> even though i know they're of their time but i but again i you know unlike weird science this is a movie i have seen before and i didn't like it then and I didn't like it. Now it just didn't do it for me.
1: See, so. but I, 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 think might I just accept. be this Not
0: in that kind of movie, too. You know, it's a, these don't do a lot for me. As well, these kind I of, I like,
1: completely accept what you're saying, and yeah. Jason, I completely see what you're saying. I, 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 in the same way that I look at the way, you know, a Tony Soprano treats. You know, certain people in the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And I go, Oh boy, oh God. But he's an anti-hero. So I'm also rooting for him to do better or get better. Right. In the same way I do that with Popeye Doyle when I watch French Connection. I go, oh man, that scene in the bar where, yeah. where he goes to the to the African-American bar and starts roughing people up and saying awful things. And it's like, oh, oh Popeye, I want to like you, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, in this same way, this this move this movie sort of feels like an anti-hero you know to me Mm -hmm. because Gans is is the worst like he's 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 worse than any of them and he must be taken out Mm -hmm. you know um and and that's why to me it also feels like a samurai movie it feels like something with 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 Toshiro Mifuna where you kind of go gosh I wish he weren't so violent and so revengeful and so disconnected and so and so it's fucked up in the head you know but He's got to defeat so and so, so he's going to be on this journey. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. if you, if you either, you're right, you either get into that kind of thing or you don't, and you accept the flaws of the main character. Maybe accept is even too strong of a word, but you, you know, they're there (laughs) and you have to sit with them and digest Mm -hmm. them and, and sort of power through them or something like that. But I, you know, that's why the best
0: stuff is when he and Murphy, and there's that nice moment where they're, um, where Murphy is saying go easy on the, g-. you know, like they, they yeah. they have each other's back there in that, in those final moments. And and again, yeah. that's the, to me, that's the best part of the movie. That's like what, the payoff that you, you know, but it, but it was a little for. too little too late for me, but I think it's also the fact that the, the relationship with Annette O'Toole that, that seems to be strong at the very top of the movie never gets any kind of Resolution in the end and you know who knows There might have been a scene and they were like well we're not going to end it With him going back to Annette O'Toole It's uh, Eddie Murphy's this Really this you know this this Molten core Of this yes, movie yeah. and <laughs> so we've got to End with like something with the two of them Or you know yeah. we have to end on a Murphy moment Or uh, so that may Very well be kind of what happened Like you know the epilogue uh, to, to, yeah. to kind of round That out would not have been helpful To the heart of the movie maybe. Yeah. So I, I get that. It just didn't do it for me.
2: Yeah, there yeah. was a shift for me where I realized, like you were saying, Dan, too, that, oh, this isn't this isn't a comedy. There mm-hmm. were some funny things, but it really wasn't a comedy. It was just more of like a gritty, like you said, French Connection Time thing. And to me, I, I was looking at it, I was like, oh, this is more of like a character piece. This is just about these yeah. two, and especially Nolte. To me, yeah. like, you know, it's Murphy was the breakout star, but to me, it's about Nolte. Yeah. It's about just this...
0: And he's great. Is, he's it, a wonderful actor, and he and he is yeah. you know and he not likable, but you know yeah. a very but strong it, it, performance, but, great but actor. But it is hard. Yeah. I mean,
2: when when his overt racism really comes out in the fight that they have, which yeah. that and that scene was a bit of a disappointment to me as well because. I wanted that to be a little, it was almost too clean with like the punches. And, you know, it's like, t- yeah. I mean, we, I know it's a movie, but like, no, you don't, you can't get hit in the face that many times.
0: You can tell it's like a, yeah. a, a 37 year old stunt guy in oh, for yeah. Eddie Murphy every time. Every time I saw yeah. the shot, I was like, that is so not Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, else. not at all. <laughs> and,
2: I, and, and, and I just <laughs> wanted to, you know, I wanted that to be a little more, and maybe for the, I wanted it to be more down and dirty and just almost like just them just grabbing each other yeah. and, like mm. pulling each other's hair yeah. you know that that was what i was hoping for and when it got into like sort of the clean punches i was like yeah right. but i was shocked you know when he like threw out the n-word when nolte said that i'm like oh wow oh mm. okay yep so like that's coming out now and i definitely was uncomfortable with it and I was definitely thinking you know again i'm not accepting him as a character or excusing it but i felt well but that's the character that's who they're that's who this guy is yeah and they're going with it, and Eddie Murphy isn't. I didn't think that he was just rolling with the punches. I mean, he was a fugitive, and, you know, he was trying to do what he could to make his situation better better Mm -hmm. but he wasn't also but also wasn't like what Richard Pryor was doing in the toy where he's like he just kept going back for more and like okay Mm -hmm. that's why I think it's so interesting yeah
1: these two movies came out in the same day that are dealing with some of the same themes literally two legendary um african-american stand-up comics in both of these movies what does it say about 1982 (laughs) well first of all and also what does it say about like you know the state of race in the country at that time amid you know the Reagan era and everything else that's going on that these two movies are coming out on the same day that blew my mind seeing these back to back i watched them you know uh yesterday and today and it was like i can't i can't believe that this is i can't believe the parallels but also how different how different their treatment of race is because you have You know, these flawed, (laughs) deeply flawed white characters, you know, U.S. Bates and the kid, for that matter, and the Nick (laughs) Nolte character. And one is is trying to, you know, um, treat this in a satirical way and failing at that, does not have the courage of its convictions and is not going there. And the other one is saying, okay, here's a real guy who has real racial problems and real tensions a la popeye doyle a la james con and alienation all of that you know and we're gonna put him out there warts and all for the world to see and we're gonna just um you know uh, uh uh let you not like him and not like those things about him and yet be rooting for him and 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 just the stark contrast between those two ways of looking at you know white, white person who needs black person to do something movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: and, and, and when it ended, I didn't feel, I mean, I know, I totally know what you're saying about Annette O'Toole Jason. Cause I, I agreed too. and thinking, wow, she's really wasted. But there was something about her through line that I I almost, I thought it was very cathartic when she said, fuck you and hung up. And I was glad. And to me, it ended with, he's, he's still alone. He's still got nothing. You know, he's still, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 there wasn't, I wasn't like cheering for Nick Nolte at the end. It was just like he he, you know, took down James Remar, which was a good thing. But I just thought, well, man, but he's still always a good fucked. thing. He's still going back to his lonely life. Yeah, always a good thing. Exactly. Um, yeah, he's
1: good. it's the pitfalls of his own, you know, inability yeah. to, to connect so, and his own machismo.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, Dan, you say the the thing about how these, <laughs> these movies both open on the same day. I always remember too. Uh, six months later, Trading Places and Superman three open less than a week apart from each oh, other wow. and and i always think of them as opening on the same day even mm. though they didn't because siskel and ebert did their reviews of both together and they make no, a point no. of saying the difference between and again it's white men want this, the the <laughs> the black wonderkind you know yeah. like you know who ha- yeah. has unexpected gifts for you know for Eddie murphy's case it's like right. he's actually a great traitor on wall street he's got a set <laughs> he's savvy at that and richard Pryor is oh he's get him in a computer class and he's a genius and and you know, white people using them and manipulating yeah. them and uh and there was the whole uh, they kind of said in their review they were comparing contrasting like the toothlessness of the kind of stuff Pryor was doing even when the circumstances of the film seemed to be mirroring the circumstances of of an Eddie Murphy, yes. you know the, the, the situation that Eddie Murphy's in, and the 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 relative toothlessness of what Pryor kept doing at that time in these kiddie movies versus what uh, 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 Murphy was doing as his star was on the rise in these harder edged r movies that sometimes yeah. are very often tackling similar types of uh, themes in terms of their the the, the, the a, a black man's place. In yeah. the, the slipstream of like 1980s pop culture. And, and is that and, something? You well, know, wow. uh, I, th- I thought it was very interesting because I always it's think of that. I think of that they kept getting kind of lined up, like their movies kept coming out at the same time and kind of prior would always seem to suffer in comparison with this new, you know. Blazing Star Murphy and the and the, the films were just better or better received, you know. Uh, well, for a and while. then
1: the the irony of the fact that Pryor's stand up comedy is still still the pinnacle, and yeah. and Eddie Murphy's stand up comedy, while popular in movies like De- Delirious and Raw yeah. was roundly badly reviewed uh, pretty much across the board every time Really he- was it? Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's so. so
2: interesting. I just know I mean as a kid, you know, listening to those those cassettes, oh, yeah, everybody had them and the everybody loved them, yeah. but the, I didn't know the Roger
1: Ebert's of the world were like this, this sucks. He, Eddie Murphy should take a cue from Richard Pryor would basically, yeah, basically be what they right. would say. So it's very ironic. Isn't that interesting? You're so right, no Dan. Idea. And even no. at the time
0: of things like The Toy and Superman, for every, each of those years, I think he still had, Pryor had those same years. He had the Kitty movie in the theater and also the concert movie sometime that same year with like, you know, these incredible, yeah. you know, yeah. brutally honest and revelatory wow. stand up.
2: Since this was the first, what did you get? What, what's your favorite buddy Buddy Cop movie. Oh, that's a
0: good. Oh, that is good. it's good. Oh man. Is this mine. would you think this is the first Buddy Cop movie, really? Does that kind of fit the bill? I, I guess think so.
2: So, I mean, you know what? It's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that actually, because I was just listening to this interview with James Khan today on Mark Marin, and they mm. mentioned a movie Freebie and the Bean. Freebie it was a and movie. the
1: Bean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I don't, I know, don't know. And I think
2: I... that some people think might. Might be one of the first ones
1: who, who, yeah. I remember Freebie and the Bean. Hang on, yeah.
2: It's uh, so I funny. Midnight Run.
1: I go it's to Midnight favorite. Run, but, exactly. it's not a, yeah. but it's not yeah. a buddy cop movie. Midnight
0: run. Well, he's cops. a cop. Yes. He's an ex-cop. One's a cop. I thought buddy cop means <laughs> two cops that are paired together. I <laughs> thought. Uh, meant... I don't
2: know. I think it's well, I guess if you, if you but can if do that. if that's not then... the
0: meaning, then I agree with you. Midnight Run is where my brain went to. <laughs> I always think I, of that as like Midnight a buddy is, movie. You know, It absolutely is. I just didn't know if it needed to be two cops. But of course, this is not a cop either. Eddie Murphy's not a cop in this. Yeah. No. Midnight Run. Absolutely. It's Alan Arkin is
1: the other guy in Freebie the bean that's right Alan Arkin and who James Conn oh
0: um yeah no Midnight uh, Run I love that movie so much it's one of my all-time favorites oh you know
1: what I like Uh, and I'm 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 cheating because I'm I am looking at a list but Mm -hmm. I love uh Running Scared
0: I love this I thought of that a lot during scared. this movie. Yeah, during Forty Eight Hours, yeah. I actually thought about it. I was like, I was they're like, they're terrific
1: together. In that.
0: Sweet, free,
2: they're really good. I would love to watch that again. Free.
1: Now, of to... course, do you guys like the Lethal Weapon movies? Lethal Weapon. I the do first, the, the first two. First two.
0: The first I love. one's
2: great. Yeah. yeah. I like so the second
0: good. one too. Yeah, very the much. Second
2: one's so good. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> That's come up before. Hot canine. Fuzz. What about it canine? Not... Any love for canine? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Any love for canine? Turner and Hooch. Anybody for Turner oh, and Hooch? Boo. Yeah, Hot Fuzz is fantastic. Fuzz oh, is I mean, great. Hot Fuzz is you know, obviously, obviously. But, uh, an, an homage, a love letter to all these types of movies. Yeah, yeah. no, when it great. when
0: yeah when it's done right, there's nothing better than that, buddy that buddy cop formula that that yeah. type of thing the mismatch
1: i uh, like the uh the remake it's not really a remake but it's a, it's a movie of the tv show of 21 jump street i think that's a lot of fun
0: that they're great yeah the, that, and the second one is even better than the first one is
1: it okay good I've 22 seen jump the street one. is
0: even funnier oh yeah oh, oh, i'll see, yeah. It. I'll they're see both it. very good they're very funny movies good yeah i, I enjoyed them.
1: the first one Duh, oh, how many shields? <laughs> no, Reggie, you son Duh. of a bitch. Oh, I give this movie, oh, God, you fucking God damn it. I'll give it eight and a half shields. Duh. Duh,
2: who's going to give it seven and a half shields? Stop <laughs> oh, God damn it I'll give it
0: Sarah I don't Punch know You two fuckers I'm going two and a half I'm going straight across the board Two and a half is this week Everything gets two and a half Wow. The Toy, wow. Airplane 2, the
1: sequel, in 48 Hours. 48 Hours is a better movie than Airplane 2, the sequel, Jason yeah, O'Connell. What the,
2: I, I got to agree with Dan here, Jason. Come it's a on. better made come film. On.
0: I disliked it in, <laughs> uh, to the very core of my being. I actively <gasps> disliked it. Oh, I come liked on. one scene from a filmmaking perspective. I enjoyed God, the direction of scene. the scene in the, in the police station. I think Nick Nolte is obviously a very good actor, but. No. And I like Eddie Murphy, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> neither one of them. It wasn't like. Oh, come like, on. Oh, this is my favorite.
2: There's your You got there's a three, at least no. a three. Come on, God. Your no, I'm sticking with. I can't.
0: I wrote twice. I wrote the last thing I wrote about this movie is I hate this movie. And f- four lines before <laughs> I wrote I kind of loathe this movie. What? So I can't give it more than two and a half. <laughs> I didn't say that about the toy or airplane to the sequel What did you
2: give? Weird science. Oh.
0: I think that was. I think I gave it zero. I don't no. know if I gave it anything or maybe Damn I gave you. it one. My. I really, really hated that one.
2: <gasps> I can't stop doing that. I've been doing that for. It's <laughs> really fun. That's really fun. Oh, Oh, look, wait, the
1: time phone is ringing. Yes, hello? Oh, Mr. Nolte. Oh, good to hear from you. (laughs) What do you have to say to Jason?
0: I just wanna say I've been eating chili out of a can all the years of my life. Oh wait a second. Am I 1982 Nick Noldi or am I goddamn the 2020, Nick Noldi? I can't even remember I've been dirty in my pants all a live long day. I'd got nothing but I'd gotta dig it out with a trowel and feed it to my hogs. What? Who am I? Oh <laughs> The crazy thing is That's 1977
2: (laughs) You never know Who's going to call in to opening weekend It's true, it's so true Oh,
0: Oh, I'm still on the line Do you have anything for me? Do you need anything from me? (laughs) I I swear I'll get you the money I think I have it over here Let me find this coffee can right there Roscoe, get away from my coffee can Roscoe, let's see what I have here I did a the show on stars maybe you saw that i think it was stars i don't know i'm praying goddamn politician i don't remember filming it my picture was up in the subway though i seen that i got i got seven dollars here in this goddamn coffee can and i don't want to tell Roscoe what i think of him but you're not supposed to call people names like that anymore no back in 82 you could say it all everything and then at the end you just say sorry i shouldn't have said it but now god Damn it, you're not allowed to say shit. Squat. Fuck. Tart. Go! Oh, yeah. Rasco! It's coming, Rasco! You just pull. You pull, and I'll push. Jesus. And then. There he
1: Jesus Christ. Mr.
2: Milty, are you okay? Mr. Milty! Oh,
1: God, he's need to sleep. Oh, he went nine nights. Okay, I'll oh. hang up the time phone. Oh, he
2: pulls it out so good,
1: oh, then God. I'm God. Wow. Down and
2: out in the podcasts.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I have no idea what year he was calling from. <laughs> that's very hard to discern.
1: It may have been the future. It may have been the past. <laughs> we don't know. It may be that he may have been calling from the set of The Mandalorian. We don't know. <laughs> We don't know where he was going from.
2: It sounded, he like sounded at the, very ugnotted. It,
1: it, well, it did sound I think He said
0: Roscoe, "This is the way." At one point, and
1: said, maybe I missed it. He I wasn't talking Rosco to Roscoe P. Coltrane. Uh, I assume.
0: The, no, I think it was a, a, a fellow hobo. He was, he was grappling. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to get his coffee can away from him. I'm not sure. It's hard to tell on over the phone. What was happening?
1: Well, that would be a good show. Maybe it is from the future. Fellow Hobo starring Nick Nolte <laughs> and Roscoe. I hobo smell fellow. an addition to the Arthropod
2: Squad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
1: If anyone can sniff out Sheila, it's future it might be Nolte. <laughs> It's future Nick Nolte. Future <gasps> Nick
2: Nolte. Nolte and the Ugnaughts.
1: <laughs> At the beginning uh, of the call, it did sound for a minute like we were getting two Nick Nolte's. Maybe they merged, <gasps> maybe past and present merged it together. Might have been it. Yeah, it that might could have been happen. it. Well, that was exciting. That was it very was. exciting. Was great. Glad to hear from him.
0: Unexpected. Unexpected. Always. Always, Patsy Cline. Um, wow. <sighs> Good night, America. Next week. Oh. <laughs> it is that time, isn't it? God. Again. The, the, the time with you boys flies. Even when I we really, disagree. It does. We can still come
2: together. and We have
1: fun. We
0: have a lot of fun. I hate to disappoint fun. you. I really do hate to disappoint
1: mm-hmm. you. Listen, you gave me, without too much argument, you gave me a Super Mario, you gave me a... was that other movie I liked? You, you gave me Baby's a Baby's Day, Day Out. Day out yeah. without too I don't much. give you yeah, that. Yeah, there's a few <laughs> that, you've, that you've loved that no, Fred
0: and I have been like, that. why are That's you true. here? What are you <laughs> thinking? So, I mean, we all have these... Yeah,
1: we all have our Blind anomalies. spots
0: and our... Yeah, anomalies. In the, it's you know, fine.
1: It's, it's always nice.
0: Every fine. once in a while, a Seven brings us all together, oh. Shaun of the Dead... Maybe, maybe a Superman the movie. Maybe, we'll see. Next week, as we travel back... To December 15th, 1978, for what is likely to be another supersized episode as we revisit the original Superman the movie starring Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, Gene Hackman, and Marlon Brando, as well as sharing our top 10 favorite superhero movie lists. Fred and I, I know, are really sweating over this list. I know we've discussed this. I don't know about you, Dan, but.
2: Can't sleep at night. Very
0: hard, very hard. We're, uh, we're, 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 bi- I don't know if you're as, are, are you, would you call yourself as big a, a fan of the superhero movies, Dan? Or are you kind of like, yeah, I could take it. I could take relieve them or yeah. leave <laughs> I Yeah. I mean, Fred and I are fairly obsessed I'm, with them. I'm
2: having I, a hard time the... just, just getting out of the MCU. That's uh, that's my biggest problem. Well, you I, I hear hmm. I'm not going to. I'm
1: fairly certain now. I'm not going to obsess over mine, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> I could get to, you know, five minutes before the podcast and call you guys and be like, I can't, I can't decide between, you know, uh, uh, the, the 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 first Avengers and the 12th one. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, I will. But my, my problem is I don't remember a lot of things because <laughs> I, I have the early onset. And so <laughs> I can't, I don't know what, I can't remember... Okay, is the James Spader one Thor three, or is the That's Age of Ultron. Or is the, oh or is the John Hiddleston one Santa Claus? You know, I can't. John put it, Hiddleston. I can't, Hiddleston. John Hiddleston. I can't. Who's Loki? Who plays Loki. Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston. Tom and David, David Huddleston, Huddleston, Huddleston. as Santa Claus. You're right. They are two. Because Santa Claus not. movie will be on my list because he's a superhero to me. <laughs> Um, can am I allowed to put Snoopy come home on my list because he's a super, <laughs> I consider him anything that I saw in a comic strip, Prince Valiant, I'm putting uh, on there, even though that was sure. never made into a movie. Have to, I'm just even have I'm have doing a movie. all TV no. shows. So, you know, the oh, oh, greatest American hero. That's my number one. I'll reveal it right <laughs> yes. now. Um, no, oh. so it all mushes together in my brain, but I'll parse it out. I'll parse You'll it out. And then I'll parse it out. It but and I'll have do like I,
0: my I'll have my criteria I'll be like all right I have to justify this is what I was thinking yeah. as I went you know cuz right. there's of. a lot there's a lot to choose from I just don't want to have
2: regrets I don't want to have regrets and I'm going to have regrets because I'm not going to be able there's going to be movies I'm going to have to leave off the list and that hurts my soul I've been there's I'm not so kidding many. I've right. been working on this list for months now Jesus <laughs> Christ Since, yeah because I just I've just been like paring it down and trying to figure it out and I and I I I don't know. I'm fairly certain. I think I have my top three, but even there, it's still jumping around. Yeah. And it's, it's this is. It's good stuff. One. It's good stuff. It's fun. It is.
0: It's all fun. It's all good. It's stuff. It's all fun. Wow. Um wow. So that's wow. next week on opening weekend. Dan, before we leave, what do we have this week as a uh, as a manualist closer? See, I, I, s- I called it manualism for once. Oh. I, I I eschewed the the hand fart designation and and <laughs> said no manualism.
1: Well, you're getting a little classier. You're classing trying, around
0: here. I'm trying.
1: i um, I think the only thing we can do is the boys are back in town. That's a, that's the you know, perfect time uh, and that is a good song. You have to say that is yes. A good song. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: My jelly jar and my coffee can. I'm gonna make some magic in here. I'm gonna. Play. You put. You hold one there, and I'll aim for that. And then the other one, I'll just. Well, I guess I'll squat you, son, of a bitch. How if you're
1: not you gonna get give back me. On the
0: phone? <laughs> I just the soundtrack just uh it just, oh, brought, just him it brought him, him back. It summoned him. It just summoned him. <laughs> Oh. I don't know what he's, doing. he's got a jelly jar and a coffee can Good God knows. And he's aiming for one And squatting over the other I think it doesn't take It doesn't take Sherlock Holmes To figure out what's happening there On the mean streets Behind Nick Nolte's house a House if he's lucky Well I, I thought I'd throw him that I'm thinking He's like, what do you mean you're going to call it? comedy? I am a cop on TV or movies or something, and I live here. If the yard can be called mine. <sighs> uh, oh, see you next week.
2: The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Hey, Nick Nolte
0: was up for the role of Superman. One of one of many actors at that time, he was up for Superman. And can he, you
1: read my mind?
2: I can read <laughs> your mind all. Oh.
1: You know what it is I'm thinking? Give me that
0: goddamn crystal. I'm going to throw it in the fucking snow and I shit. Now what is this my house? I do have a house now. It's all ice and shit and crystals. Fuck you.